God bless you guys. Welcome to Swerve Church. I hope everybody's having a great afternoon so far. I'm so glad that you guys can join us on this chilly, brisk afternoon. And unless you've been living under a rock, you know, you should know that we're in the middle of election season here in the U.S. And wow, what an election it's been so far because, you know, we have so many great options, don't we? Uh, well, in case you don't know, I'm being super sarcastic here. It's been it's been, let's say, an entertaining election season, hasn't it been? You know, a lot of people have been tuning in to watch the debates, you know, online through Facebook Live and YouTube. They've been tuning in to watch everything that's been going on. But, you know, it wasn't so much so that they can hear the candidate's stance on immigration and abortion or the economy. You know, a lot of people tuned in. You know why? To catch a fight, right? To watch a fight. You know, I don't know what it is about us as a society that we just love watching a fight, right? And, you, you know, you don't have to look too far then to see all the videos and all the stuff on the Internet. You know, as soon as, as, soon as a, a fight breaks out, what happens? People come out with their phones. They start, right, Facebook Live video, World Star, right, and start recording the fights on the street. And this is, as a society, people love watching the fight. And this is exactly why everybody's tuning into the debates, you know, to watch this, you know, throughout this presidential election. You know, it's, it's super interesting. In fact, I was watching one of the debates, and uh, one, of the, the, the la one of the recent debates, they, they started going at it. You guys remember this? If you, if you tuned in to watch. If you did it, I don't blame you. But if you did tune in, they started going back and forth and saying, you, you know, you're the puppet. And they don't say, you're the puppet. No, you're the puppet. No, you're the puppet. They sounded like my four-year-old arguing, right? And uh, I actually, I, I made this meme. I thought it was pretty funny. It says, you know, I'm the puppet, <laughs> you know, just just poking fun at, you know, the the extreme maturity of our the two candidates that are running for our presidency. You know, it's crazy. I know what you're thinking, though. You're thinking, you know, Danny, who are you asking me to vote for? Right. But that's not the point of this message series at all. And I'm not going to be talking about that at all. You know, he, but here's what, what we're this is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be focusing on something else. You know, chances are growing up. If you grew up in school, in elementary school, you probably had to learn the Pledge of Allegiance. Ain't that right? You probably had to learn. And, and what does the Pledge of Allegiance say? It says, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. We're going to be taking each one of those, we're going to be uh, dividing each one of those phrases over the next four weeks, and we're going to be taking a deeper look at each one of those things, but, but not in regards to our patriotism, you know, rather, we want to look at God's word and see what it truly means to be one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now listen, I love the United States of America. I'm super proud to be a citizen of, the, of, this, of this nation. 
I'm blessed to call it home. And I want to honor those as well who have fought for our nation, have fought for our country, who have lost their lives so that we can be, you know, land of the free, home of the brave. You know, we all have close friends and family, right, who have, who have served our country uh, through the military. And so we want to honor that for sure. But it's amazing that, that we're living in a country where there's so much freedom to worship, right? There's freedom to worship here. You know, I was at a conference recently, a couple weeks ago, at the Jacob Javits Center in the city. And, and among those who were attending, there were people from all over the world. There were 75 leaders from the underground church in China in attendance. You know, we were all wearing lanyards. You know, they're saying, hey, welcome to, to the conference. Their lanyard had a picture of a camera with a slash through it. In other words, saying, don't take a picture with these guys because these guys can get in a lot of trouble if their country finds out they're here at a Christian conference and if they find out that they're Christian leaders. Isn't that crazy? You know, I recently read a book and I recommend you read this book. If, you're, if you enjoy reading, if you're, if you're a reader, there's the, this book called The Insanity of God. Man, I suggest you read this book. Man, it's, it's a great book. It speaks of the journey of an American pastor who went to some of the most remote, remote parts of the world and, and, and Christ, where, where Christians were literally being persecuted and jailed and martyred for their faith. In other words, you know, not getting the treatment that we here in, in the United States of America are getting at all. And he went all over journaling, you know, the experience of these guys that are literally being flogged and jailed and beaten and martyred because they believe in Jesus Christ. You know, so while we have, we, we truly have many opportunities here and we're in such a blessed nation compared, you know, to so many other countries all over the world, I do want to emphasize that in God's eyes, America, guys, is not the promised land. Okay, when, when you read the book of Exodus and it talks about the promised land, that's not the United States of America. Okay, we're not the promised land. We're only one nation among all the nations in all of the world that God sees. We're, we're not God's only or favorite nation. And as Jesus followers, we're not just here to defend the freedom of speech. That's not our purpose. God didn't place you on this earth to defend freedom of speech. We are here to help people find freedom in Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. We have a deeper loyalty and we have a greater calling than to our nationalism or our patriotism. Our, initial, our calling, our loyalty, it's greater than that. And because if you're taking notes, we're not just Americans. This is what we are. If you're taking notes, we are ambassadors from heaven. That's your first fill in the blank there in your notes. We are ambassadors from heaven. Now, ambassador is kind of a, a weird word, right? If you, don't get, you don't throw that word around every day. But let's look at 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, verses 19 to 20. By the way, these verses are all in your notes. Feel free to write in your notes, circle, underline. That's for you to keep. And during the week, you can look over these notes and pray over everything that we talk about today. There in your notes, you have 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19 to 20. Look what it says. And God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. First of all, that first phrase right there is phenomenal to me. What is this message of reconciliation? It's this, it's that we were separated from God because of our sin, but God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son 
to die on the cross for each and every single one of our sins so that we can have a reconciled relationship with God the Father. That's the message of reconciliation. So God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Verse 20, we are therefore Christ's what? Ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. Would you guys just underline that right there in your notes? We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Now, what is an ambassador? An ambassador is the highest ranking diplomat sent as a representative from one nation to another. Let me, let me read that definition again. The, an ambassador is the highest ranking diplomat sent as a representative from one nation to another. Guys, this is exactly what we are. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are sent as representatives from the nation of heaven. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is exactly what you are. You are an ambassador sent by God from heaven to earth. You're, you're Christ's ambassador. Guys, do you believe this? That you're a representative of the Most High God through Jesus Christ in order for what? Man, you, you committed this message of reconciliation to let people know that their relationship with God can be reconciled through Jesus. You're an ambassador sent by God from heaven to earth. And as Christ's ambassadors, here's the first fill in the blank that you have there. Number one, in your notes, you were not elected by people, but chosen and appointed by God. You were not elected by people, but chosen and appointed by God. Unlike what's going on now, right, with the election. Hey guys, Tuesday's coming around. Make sure you go out and vote and make an educated vote. Make sure you do that. But unlike the elections and, and who people are electing and voting for, look at this. We were not elected by people. We were chosen and appointed by God. Let me show you where it says this in God's word. In John chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus is speaking and he says this. You did not choose me, but what? But I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Guys, please circle. I chose you and appointed you. Jesus is talking. Jesus is the one that's doing the choosing. This is Jesus speaking, and he says that he did the choosing. The one, he's the one that chose you. And for what reason? Why did Jesus choose you? It says it in the last part of that verse. So that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that would last. Why? So that you would bear fruit. So that you would, and so that you, uh, so that you would show the love of Jesus to the people in this world. You know, here's what's interesting, guys. So often we wrap up our identity around what others dictate, you know, to be who we are, don't we? So often we, we wrap up our identity around what other people say about us. We, we, we wrap up our identity around the political party that we represent. We wrap up our identity around the candidate that we want to support. But, but you're not who others say you are. You are who God says you are. That is your identity. And according to this verse, he has chosen and he has appointed you to be his representative and to share God's love with those that are around you. You know, in, in doing what we're doing here in the planting of Swerve Church, you know, we're just getting started and we're just getting off the ground. You know, but I've had to battle with this very issue a lot. The issue of identity. 
Because, you know, partially we all have a tendency, right, to wrap up our identity and in, in self-worth in how we perform. And so if you perform well, then you feel good about yourself. And if you don't perform at a caliber that you believe you should, then you, you beat yourself up. And we wrap up our identity in some sense in how we perform. And with this task of planting the church, man, it's been no different. I've struggled with the calling and the burden to plant a new life-giving gospel-centered church right here in my community, in my neighborhood, the neighborhood of Bushwick. And then immediately, the doubts and questions begin to pour in. Yeah, how can you be called to this? There's no way you can make this happen. The people in this community are too difficult. Just give up. You're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to have enough. I've had to battle with this identity issue constantly over and over. Maybe you're here today and you're battling and struggling with the same, the same feelings of identity. You determine your value on how you perform at work. Am I, am I performing good at work? Am I doing what I have to do? Or, 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 or how you're perceived at school or, or in your social circles. Do people like me? Do I have a lot of friends? And then we tend to wrap up our identity around all those things. Maybe you've even tied your identity into what others have said about you. People that have said, you know, bad things about you, evil, bring out your worst qualities. You know, or maybe you've wrapped up, like I mentioned before, your identity in some political candidate or party. But you can take comfort in the fact that you are not who others say you are. You're not what society dictates you are. You are an ambassador by God. You have been called. You've been appointed by Him and for Him. By Him and for Him so that you can go and bear fruit. So that you can go and make a difference in your community. So that you can go and share the love of Jesus. And as Christ's ambassadors, number two, here's what you have in your notes. You're not a regular person. You're a royal priest of God. You're not a regular person. You're a royal priest from God. Look how the Word of God puts it in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Here's what it says. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Would you guys underline that right there in your notes? It says that you are a royal priesthood. I love the language that he uses here. You're a royal priesthood. Now, Halloween just passed, right? And every year in the U.S., we celebrate, uh, the U.S. celebrates October 31st, Halloween. And it's a big deal. Lots of people get dressed up and go out for candy. But did you know, 499 years ago, on October 31st, there was a man by the name of Martin Luther. And, and this man did something that would completely change the face of Christianity forever. He was known as the father of the Reformation. And he nailed something that was called the 95 Thesis onto the door of a church, which confronted the corruption of the Catholic Church in those times. And he went and he nailed these things to the wall uh, 499 years ago on October 31st. Now this very guy, this guy right here, he was known for coining the phrase which is the priesthood of the believer. He, he taught and he coined that phrase, the priesthood of the believer. And basically this is what he meant. 
the verse that we just read, this is what he was talking about. He taught that if you're a Christian, it's synonymous with being a priest of the living God. In other words, there's no ranking for those who can make a difference for God. You don't have to be ordained by man in order to be ordained by God. And, and so it's so interesting, right? Because so often in, in, in church circles, but even in, in religious circles, right? It, it seems like, oh, the pastor has a greater responsibility to do these things and we hold the pastor into a higher view. But listen, I don't have any more power to make a difference in this world because I'm a pastor or because I'm a leader of a church than you do. You are chosen and appointed by God Himself. Why? According to the verse that we just read, it's so that you can make a difference, so that you can declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. So you can declare the praises of, of God, the one that took you out of darkness. Isn't this amazing, guys? God is writing a story through each and every single one of your lives. He's writing a story through your life. Each one of us was heading for destruction until God, until God in His infinite mercy rescued us through Jesus. And the Bible tells us that we were dead in our sins. We were separate from God and we were heading towards destruction. But God, in His infinite love for us, sent His one and only Son, Jesus. Our sin left a hefty ransom. Jesus said, I'll pick up the bill. And I'll pay the price. He came and He lived the perfect and sinless life. He died a, a horrible and wretched death on the cross. So that He can forgive us of our sin. And reconcile us to God. Restore our relationship to God through Jesus. But He rose from the grave three days later. Guys, this is historically accurate. Okay, The, the, the tomb is empty. He conquered Satan's sin and death and granted eternal life to those who would put their trust in Him. That's the Jesus that we serve. And it's amazing that God is writing a story through your life so that you can go and declare the praises. So you can declare the praises of God, the one that took you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. And because Jesus, because of Jesus, you can be called a royal priest. A holy name, all those wonderful words that that phrase mentioned. Because of Jesus, you're those things. You're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation, you're God's special possession because of Jesus. You're God's special possession. And now you can share with others, you can share with friends, you can share with family members, co workers, people that are far from God, and you can declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness. That's your story. That's, hey, man, I was a sinner and I was far from God and I was without hope until Jesus came and rescued me. Until He rescued me out of, out of, the, out of the pit. He rescued me out of darkness and into God's wonderful light. That's the story that God is writing out of you. Listen, you're not a regular person. You're a special representative of the Most High God. You have the power to be a spiritual influencer to those that are around you, friends, family members, and co-workers. You don't just have the influence of a vote every few years. No, no, you have the same access to the Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead every single day. You have access to that same power. And number three, in your notes, as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, you never represent yourself you always represent Christ. As ambassadors of Jesus, 
You never represent yourself. You always represent Christ. Look how it's worded in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. It says this. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits. Don't you emphasize, don't you circle where it says such good lives. Live such good lives right there in your notes. Now, if I were to take a poll of each and every single one of you here. In fact, if I went to the street and I started asking people on the street and took a poll to the community and I were to ask them, how many of you think that because I'm a pastor or a leader of a church, I should be held to a high standard? Now, I don't have to take that poll because I know what each and every single one of you would say. And I know even non-religious and people from the community, I know what they would say too. They would say, absolutely. You're held to a high standard. If you call yourself a pastor or a leader of a church, then you're held to a high standard. But did you know that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you're called to that very same standard. You don't have to be a pastor or a leader. You're called to that very same standard. Once again, what we were talking about before, the, the priesthood of the believer. You, each and every single one of us, are called to make disciples of Jesus Christ and to live our lives in such a way that it would bring God glory and it would draw people unto God. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you're called to the same standard. And he says here that, you know, they might not agree with you. People that are far from God, people that don't believe what you believe, people that don't have your worldview, they may accuse you of believing the wrong thing and saying the wrong things. But you know what? They're going to see your good deeds and they're going to glorify God. Because they see, they see that, that God is actively at work <coughs> in you. They can't deny the work of God in you. Elsewhere, Jesus says this in the Bible, They will know you are my disciples by how you what? How you love one another. That's how they're going to know that you're my disciples, by how we love. He didn't say, you know, they would know you're my disciples by which political party you represent. But he didn't say they would know you're my disciples by who you're voting for. That's not what God's word says. They would know you are his disciples. They know you are that you are a disciple of Jesus by how we love one another. By how we love each other. By how we love those that are outside this door. By how we love our neighbors. By how we love and serve the people that are around us. They will see your good deeds and that will bring glory to God. Remember, you always represent Christ everywhere you go. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Jesus Christ paid a hefty price so that he, he, he can make you His. And everywhere you go, remember, you're an ambassador of Jesus representing the kingdom of God. You know, we just finished a series where we looked at some passages through the book of James. The big idea of James, you know what the whole, the big idea of the book of James is? It's live out what you say. So don't just talk the talk, walk the walk. Can you imagine, guys, if, if we were a group of believers that not only talk the talk, but walk the walk? Can you imagine the impact that we would have in our community if we didn't just say stuff, but did stuff? If we didn't just say, hey, this is what I believe, but we put feet to what we believe and lived it out. Can you imagine the difference that we can make in our community if we walk what we taught. 
Can you imagine if the people in the streets saw a church that not only gathered on a Sunday and not only came and sang a couple songs and then went home to have no impact at all in the community? Can you imagine the difference we can make if we went out and lived lives as followers of Christ? If we saw our deeds, if we lived our lives in such a way that it would bring glory to God? Can you imagine if we were so... Can you imagine a church that would be more passionate than the person that they're supporting as president. That they will put the same emphasis on a, that they will put in a political party and put it in their walk with Jesus Christ. Can you imagine the fire that we would light in the bones of people that are far from God if we lived out that way? Can you imagine a church on fire with the truth of the gospel message of Jesus Christ lived out every day? Can you imagine if the pagans, the people that are far from God saw us live our lives in such a way that they would see our good deeds. And they may not agree. Hey, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe all that. I don't get the Jesus stuff and I don't get the Bible stuff. But you know, I can't deny that God's doing, God must be doing something in you. Because I see it at work. In you. Man, that's my desire. It's my passion. That I would see a group of people on fire and burdened from God. To go and make a difference in the community. I say this over and over again, not to just be a church in the community, but for the community. That we can put the, the things that God's done in us, put it on display. Show people that this gospel has power. Man, too many people see a powerless gospel. And that's not Jesus' fault. There's power in Jesus Christ. That's not His fault lest we put the blame on the, on the Son of God. That's our fault. Because we get too caught up in everything else. And we don't put the gospel of Jesus Christ on display. We don't live our lives in such a way that it would bring people, hey, what's going on? This person is waiting. When you go to work and you're cheerful and you're encouraging other people, you're loving and serving people. When you're in the street and people see, man, there's something different about this person. There's something different about them. This is why it's so important for you to get this point. It's so important. When you walk out of your home, when you, when you go down the street, when you get into your car, when you go to and from work, all right, when you're at school, or when you're at play or doing something recreational, you represent Christ everywhere you go. As an ambassador from heaven, you represent Jesus Christ. While the rest of the world would want you to represent a political party or a candidate, our primary loyalty is to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now listen guys, be a good citizen of the U.S. Go and vote. Educate yourself. Read. Inform yourself. Make an educated vote. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. Go and inform yourself. And then go be a good citizen and vote this Tuesday. But if you were to ask me, am I worried about what's to come of this election? Am I worried about what's going to happen? You know what I'm going to tell you? No way. Because long before there was a Hillary, long before there was a Trump, God was on his throne holding the universe in the very palm of his hands. And God is not on the edge of his seat chewing his divine fingernails, nervous about who's going to be the president of the U.S. God's not worried about that. Because God holds the universe in the palm of His hands. We are ambassadors of Christ. 
And as ambassadors, we were not elected, but chosen and appointed by God. Chosen and appointed by God. We are not just regular people. We are royal priests to declare the praises of God who took us out of darkness and into his glorious light. As ambassadors, we don't simply represent ourselves. We don't represent a candidate. We don't represent a political party. We represent Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who rules over everything. We represent Christ, and we live our lives in a way that it brings glory to God. There's a lot riding on this election. Be a good citizen and vote. I'm not worried what's going to happen. The world's not going to fall apart because God has the world in his hands. And I know a lot of, there's a lot of changes can come, a lot of bad. Listen, there's a persecution going on around the world. But you know what I've seen as I've studied and as I, I looked at the underground church in China? Do you know that the underground church in China is flourishing? Do you know that the underground church in China is growing at a rate that is phenomenal compared to the church here in America. The church in America is stagnant. The church in America is asleep. And some persecution might wake people up. Persecution coming to America might be a good thing. Because wherever the gospel of Jesus Christ comes under persecution, it always thrives. And you don't have to look too far than the book of Acts to see that under persecution, what happened to the church? It blew up. And I think in America, we're too comfortable. And persecution might do us some good. It might wake us up. Listen, just because we're, we're in America, we're no more special than the believers in Iraq and Syria and China and Russia that are facing persecution. Listen, just because you're here, you're, you're not God's favorite. You're not, okay? Let's take advantage of the freedom that we have to live our lives in such a way that it will bring glory to God for the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our communities, in this neighborhood, for His glory, for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Now, everybody, when you came in, you got a connection card. Did you guys take out that connection card real quick? I, I want to bring your attention to something that's on the back. In the front, please put down your information there. If you're a regular attender, your name and your email address is enough. Uh, if you're your first-time guest, please put in as much information as you feel comfortable sharing. But in the back, there's some next steps I would like you to take. The first one is, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then I would love for you to say, I'm going to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I'm going to rep Christ in my neighborhood, in my home. I'm going to represent Christ where I work. You want to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You recognize you're a royal priest set apart by God to declare the goodness of Jesus Christ. Then if that's you, take that next step. Check that off and say, yes, I'm going to live my life as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Now, the second decision there is if you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, then I just want to encourage you. That gospel message that I shared, that we're all sinners far from God, but that He sent His Son to die in our place to reconcile us and give us new life and reconcile our relationship to the Father. If you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus, then please mark off that second option there. In a moment, Stephen's going to come back to the front and he's going to share with you guys on ways that you can give. You can drop that connection card right in the bucket. And it gives us an opportunity to pray with you this week. 
If you made that decision to follow Jesus, we want to follow up with you. We want to help you take your next steps. And if you made the decision to be an ambassador of Jesus Christ, then we want to pray with you this week. Amen? Amen. Would you guys join me in prayer? God, I just, I just thank you, Lord. I know that the political climate is crazy right now, God, and it's just so much controversy and so much uh, difficulty and decision-making. And, and God, like, you know, hearts are like divided, God. But I, I pray, God, by the power of your Spirit, that you would draw our hearts back to you, God. That you would draw our hearts to you, to the only one that truly matters, the only one that truly deserves all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. And God, that you hold the world in the very palm of your hands. Lord, I just pray that you would give us a supernatural peace and trust, knowing that you're going to take care of everything. God, would you give us wisdom in how to vote this Tuesday and who to vote for? Uh, Lord, I, I pray for the next president. I pray for our nation as a country. God, I just, I pray your, I pray your mercies, God, over the next presidential candidate. And I pray for wisdom uh, from you, God, to, to help us vote. But above all, God, may we never wrap up our identity in who we're voting for or a political candidate. God, rather, may we be clothed in the identity of being a son of God because of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. God, help us to live our lives in such a way that it will bring glory to your son Jesus each and every single day. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen.